Welcome to church. Welcome to church, everyone. If you're new here, uh, my name is Brian Williams. I'm the young adults pastor here, and um, I'm just glad you're here. You've joined us tonight. It's going to be a different night. It's going to be a good night. Uh, we are a community that believes and lives the reality uh, that God is on the move, and he's inviting us to participate in his love. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so we're a people who want to, to know the love of Jesus and then to live and love like him. That's what God has called us to, and that's what we strive to be. And that gets messy at times because uh, we're just people. And so uh, I just want to invite you into that. I want to invite you into that tonight. Uh, tonight is going to be different. And it might be a little messy. But God is all about cleaning up messes. <laughs> And he's all about getting into that stuff. Uh, I love this phrase that I heard a long time ago. I don't know where, um, but I say it often in many different circles and situations. And that it's that if Jesus walks on the road of sorrow and suffering, but what a beautiful road because he is on it. Let's not shy away from that road. Jesus also walks the road of humility. Let's not shy away from that road either. Tonight might be an exercise of walking on that road and meeting him along the way. It's going to be worth it, my friends. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. I'm challenged. <laughs> I'm excited and nervous and all those things, and maybe you are too, uh, even in just hearing what I'm saying. But man, this is the adventure following Jesus, and it's worth it. It's worth it. So, like I said, tonight's going to look different. And a part of that is because it's Monday, Thursday. If you don't know what I mean by that, no problem. I had to look it up uh, many years ago for the first time. I heard the phrase. I was like, what? Okay. Monday, Thursday, it's just a title that we give to this night, Thursday night, the Thursday before Good Friday. It, it's the, the, a time of remembrance of the story and the grand plan of the creator of the universe that is central to who we are. It's, it's a remembrance of the reality of Jesus on the night before his crucifixion and the trial and all that stuff, how he gathered with his disciples and he instituted two very important sacraments. And so we remember that tonight as tonight is the, the Thursday, the Thursday night before Good Friday, which is tomorrow. And I want to think about this for a moment. I want to draw us into just the... the the story that God has written and invites us into. Uh, the story is reality, so him inviting us into it is more of just us confronting reality and accepting it. But it's so beautiful. In its simplest form, it's just this, that God, the creator of the universe, he took on our weakness. He became one of us. He became human. He took on our weaknesses and he did that so that we might have a faithful example of humanity as, as he intends it to be, as he intends us to be. Uh, holy, righteous, loving, a whole person, one that blesses and doesn't curse in literally everything they do. They do. We do. That's what he did. He came to show us what that looked like, and he came to redeem us because we are all broken and dysfunctional, every single one of us. You know, suffering and causing suffering 
and endlessly grieving the heart of God with our actions and, and the pain that is propagated throughout the world from us, to us, around us, within us. There's just so much brokenness. And it grieves the heart of God. It grieves him. He created us. He desires good for us. He loves us. He intends our prospering and he designed us to prosper and, and, and it's just not happening. There's so much brokenness and he mourns how broken we are. It grieves his heart. It pains him. See, we've broken relationship and we've broken partnership with the one who created us. We've rebelled against him and against his design for this world and for relationships and for each one of us. So we are transgressors in rebellion against God, unable to bridge the gap and reconcile our faults with the one we've wronged and failed the creator of heaven and earth. And what did God do in the midst of that? Well, he sent Jesus, his son, innocent and pure God, stepped into the place of our judgment and our condemnation. He gave his life, letting those he created crucify him among murderers and thieves. Once he had died on that cross, his body was taken down and it was placed in the tomb of a rich man named Joseph of Arimathea. And of course, that is not the end of the story. That's not the end of the story. Not in the least bit. We'll talk about that more on Easter Sunday. But tonight, we're going to slow down and we're going to reflect on this portion of the story. What happened Monday, Thursday into Good Friday and the journey that Jesus took and the story he wrote for all of us to follow and emulate. You know, we've been going through the book of Isaiah and uh, tonight we're going to read together through Isaiah 53. It's a passage that speaks to some of these unfathomable things, uh, these prophecies that seem like nonsense and foolishness to the ways and workings of, of humanity. That the Redeemer would suffer, that God's example would be one of humility and self-sacrifice. You know, that's just not how we would think to do it, not how I would think to do it. But God's ways are higher than our ways, and it's his ways that we all assent to, that we all strive for as believers, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, of the way of God. So tonight I'm going to read through Isaiah 53. And um, if you have your Bible, you can open there. You can read along with me. It'll also be up on the screens. And uh, this is a passage that was written 700 years before that fateful day of the Creator's suffering for our sake. We're reading this to set the stage for our remembrance and reflection upon what he spoke and shared with the disciples that Thursday night, that night before his ultimate suffering and sacrifice, that Monday Thursday. You know, it's the remembrance of the Last Supper, the two sacraments instituted that night for all Christians throughout all eternity. And, and it starts with the reality of who he is. And the, and the way in which he would go about things was spoken of hundreds and hundreds of years before. And this passage, Isaiah 53, is just one of the passages that speaks of the inconceivable way God would come to rescue and redeem his people. The type of God and creator he is. And what he created us to also be like. 
So as I read along, listen, and just soak in the power and the truth of this prophecy of Isaiah, which found fulfillment of Jesus, in Jesus. All right, Isaiah 53. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up from before he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected, rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was, like, he was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand, for he has suffered. And he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Father God, as we come before you tonight, we come in the name of your son, Jesus. because it's by his blood, it's through his sacrifice. It's by what he did that we can have this audience with you, that we can have communion with you, family, friendship, all the things, all the realities that you desire for us, Lord. It's only by what you've done, not by what we've done. Lord, we are not righteous. We have failed. Lord, I have failed you. I have wronged you today even. Turn my back on you. Your loving, loving face shining upon me and I've turned my back on you. Lord, thank you for Jesus. 
thank you that you have made my wrongs right in him. Lord, I ask that you would forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. Not because I'm worthy of it, but because you are kind. That's all I've got to go on. You're kind and merciful. So, Lord, please forgive me. We love you, Lord, because you first loved us. And we come before you willing and ready to see what you have and to ransom everything, our whole lives, to get it, to receive it, to know you, to love you, and to love your people as you love them. Lord, show us your ways tonight. May we not be stubborn-hearted. In Jesus' name, amen. said um, we're singing of the blood of Christ and we do get to look forward to the resurrection on Sunday right but on Monday Thursday something we get to do is here especially here at YA is partner and walk in the ways that Jesus walked that night um, if you heard it before there's something that Christ does with his friends this disciples this evening and it's called the Last Supper or the Lord's Supper This is what Matthew 26, verses 26 through 29 tell us about that night. It says, now as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And I love this because Christ is not only saying, hey, I'm foreshadowing what's happening tomorrow, right? But what we see in this last verse, he's saying heaven's gonna come to earth, but there's this thing we look forward to, right? It's the kingdom of heaven when all things are made new, when that suffering does begin to cease. And we call this communion because we get to do it together as the family of God, but also in communion with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit in remembrance of what Jesus has done for us. So we're gonna invite you guys in just a few minutes to take communion if you're a follower of Christ. We have a few stations around the room. One is to my left, to your right, kind of in the top corner. And then the other one is by the prayer wall. Just some things to know. It will have all of the elements here. There will be bread, full gluten, guys, just saying. There will be bread there kind of um, broken up. There will be kind of the individually packaged cups if you're like not into touching other people's bread. And then we do have gluten-free um, for the homies in the red cups. We, we provided all these different options because we want to make sure that everyone can participate who wants to participate. So you'll take the bread dip it in the grape juice, no wine, I'm sorry. Um, This is called intinction, just a fancy term for saying dip it, don't drink it. Um, 
And what, what we're going to do tonight is a little bit different. We'd actually invite you guys, if you came with someone or if you're in a row next to someone who wants to go take communion, um, to go and receive the elements and then take it together. Whether it's back at your seat, somewhere else in the room, um, take a moment, pray, thank Jesus for what he's done. And if you're in the room tonight and you're like, I'm not sure I'm out with the Lord, I'm actually not a follower of Christ, we don't want to make a hypocrite of you, but we do want to invite you, go observe. If you're like, I don't know what this is about, go observe. And if you're curious about the good news of the gospel, if you're curious, if you have questions about Jesus, ask someone taking communion. Ask them, what what has compelled you to do this? Why is this meaningful to you? So be willing to share, be willing to ask. Um, But above all, we just want to come together as those who love the Lord, who love Jesus, and to say thank you so much for what you've done, what we look forward to, and actually what we already get to receive on this side of what Christ did on the cross. So you guys can take the next few songs, grab some communion, grab some friends, um, and spend some time with the Lord. As we sing as of surrender, um, this brings another part of that that evening that maybe isn't talked about as much, and it's it's what Jesus did before they took supper. It was a posture of surrender again that would foreshadow this ultimate act of humility, this ultimate act of suffering, and we see that in John 13 uh, 1 through 20. So just be let the word of God speak and read it to you. It says this, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that this hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During the supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he had come from God and was going back to God. He rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. And then he poured into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that he wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, why do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I don't wash your feet, you will have no share with me. So Simon, in a very Simon Peter way, said, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. (laughs) Jesus is so funny sometimes. He said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you for he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet, he put on his outer garments and resumed his place. And he said to them, do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. 
For if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I'm not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen. But the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I'm telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me, the one who sent me. So in the same spirit of that, um, there's a little more I want to share about um, foot washing, but I thought it would be a loss um, if I didn't get to invite a friend up um, to actually get to wash her feet. Jesus tells us that we are blessed when we follow in his footsteps. So I'm going to invite my friend Janae up on stage. You can get a butt for Janae. She's incredible. Yeah, and y'all, y'all can have a seat. Should have said that earlier. Um, yeah, so Janae and I are friends, and we actually got to start a discipleship this year, which just means we, we meet regularly, and we get to talk about the Bible and our relationship with the Lord. How are you feeling? Are you comfortable? Feeling great. Feeling great. Good. Okay. She's even got her Jesus sandals on. I was telling earlier, I was like, how appropriate Amazon, she said. That is not, that is not a, a plug, I promise. So foot washing seems a little odd, right, in today's culture. Um, but a little, a little background on foot washing. So this originated um, in cultures around the ancient Near East and Asia. And basically, during that time, they wore sandals a lot like Janae's. Um, they did a lot of walking. It's very hot over there. So when, when you're coming into a home or you're coming into... Um, this is a little cold. It's okay. Okay, good. Just wanted to make sure you're okay where you're coming to have dinner, it's kind of the equivalent of washing your hands. Because a lot of the times you would come and you would sit around other people. And if your feet are sweaty from the day or you're walking on these mostly like sand and dirt roads, maybe there's some like animal droppings from the marketplace, you don't know. Um, it's, it's actually like a sign of cleanliness, a sign of purity. And what would happen is you'd come into a house, and if that house had a servant, your, your feet are pretty clean, by the way, so thank you. Um, <laughs> I don't mind feet. <laughs> but the house would have, if a house had a servant, basically the servant would be in charge of washing everyone's feet before they entered or ate dinner. But if there wasn't a servant, or say the two of us went out to lunch, um, it would be the person of the lowest class that would have to wash the other people's feet. So when we read the story of Jesus, like, there's a reason the disciples were pretty shocked, especially Peter, right? When their Lord would come and start to take off his outer garment and have a towel and kneel before them and offer to wash their feet. And the reason Jesus did this was, again, to foreshadow that same humility, right? But it was also to place honor on them and to actually extend a little bit of forgiveness towards Judas, because he already knew that Judas was going to betray him. So I wanted to take this moment, Janae, and I wanted to place some honor on you. Um, so I've known Janae for a little while. She was in high school ministry when I served, but now she's a full-blown young adult. Um, but Janae, I think from your life, you teach me um, what it means just to say yes to the things of God, even before they're presented. You are someone who is willing to wait on the Lord, which is something that I find really hard to do. <laughs> Um, I love talking about the word of God with you because you just light up and you're not someone that just like takes it and stores it away. Like you go and you share it. You're so eager to talk about Jesus with your coworkers, 
Um, you believe in the power of prayer. You love to pray for your family. You're such a good friend. There's so many people in this room who can attest to that. You love people really well and you put other people before you. Um, and I just really love doing life with you. And um, in the same nature where Jesus um, washed the feet of Judas, even though he knew that um, he was going to betray him, foot washing could also be a symbol of either extending or asking for forgiveness. Um, so I was thinking and I just wanted to ask for forgiveness for any time where I was not good with communication. <laughs> Sorry, anyone who's not good at texting, that you can honor people by texting them back in time. Um, thank you for being patient with me when I didn't show up when I said I was going to show up. Um, thank you just for being patient with me on days where I was distracted and still being a good friend to me. So I just ask your forgiveness for those things. Um, but I love you. Thank you for letting me wash your feet. <laughs> I'm going to make sure you're all dried up here. <laughs> Fun fact, these are actually the shoes I had in college as shower shoes, so I know they're a little waterproof. I should have done your nails while I was down here, but they look good. <laughs> but thank you for coming up here. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just, <laughs> but I was like, no, you can't give me a hug. Jesus probably hugged us to say. I don't know. I don't know if that was culturally a thing, but we'll just say it was. Um, <laughs> so... As, as we kind of talked about and as I had the, the pleasure of um, demonstrating with Janae, um, Jesus came before his disciples to place honor on them. We talked about this earlier, this posture of humility that Christ takes, that he extends to his disciples. He says, go and do likewise. So tonight we're actually going to extend an opportunity to you guys, to all of us, to go and do likewise. We've set up some foot washing stations to my left, your guys is right. And the prompting in this is there, if there's someone in this room, someone you know, who you love, who you wanna place honor on, where you wanna get low and actually wash their feet, take a moment to pray over them, to encourage them, to maybe say the things that you think about, but you don't actually get to verbalize to them, right? Or maybe, and this might be a little more challenging, there's someone in this room that you need to ask their forgiveness or you need to extend forgiveness to. In the same way that Jesus washed Judas's feet, even though he knew that he was going to be betrayed. That's not easy, guys. But because of what Christ did on the cross, we have that same power to forgive in a very radical way. We wanna be a body of unity, of healing, of restoration. Um, so take a moment. Be bold, be brave, be humble. But if someone is in this room tonight that you wanna place honor on, we're gonna kinda extend the rest of our time, the last couple songs of worship, and then after YA as well, don't rush away. But I also wanna say this, if there's someone too that's not in this room, but in your life, you're like, man, this would be a powerful moment. This would be a scary moment, but this would be powerful to get low and to honor them, to ask for their forgiveness or to extend forgiveness. Don't let that pass. Don't let that moment pass. Maybe even go home, get a basin of water, wash their feet. It's so simple, but it is so powerful. That is how heaven comes to earth. So take this time, pray, think, but don't hesitate. It's fresh water. We, it's in the same way we have that small gray basin of fresh water. We'll have a cup, there's towels, we'll replenish the water. But don't leave here tonight if that's prompting in your spirit honor someone, ask for their forgiveness, extend forgiveness. 
Like Jesus said, you will be blessed.